Today's first cast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash almighty. That's audibletrial.com slash A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. Access them right on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Wanna do bad things. That's real, though. That's real at all, man. The more money you make, the more problems you get. And jealousy and envy is just something that comes with the territory, man. A lot of people, it's just negative energy, like my man Puff said. What country you from? What? What ain't no country I ever heard of? They speak English and what? What? English, mother? Do you speak it? Man, you've been doing all this dope producing. You ain't had a chance to show them what time it is. So what you want me to do? Welcome to the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 429 of the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast, brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I'm your host today, this beautiful overcast afternoon here in Texas. I'm Ryan McCallum, uh, casting the pods with me today, and, and I would venture to guess it is a sunny but also cold day out in Arizona. Uh, it, it's our it's our favorite co-host, Jose Grijalva. Jose, how goes it, man? Oh, it's it's gloomy outside, bro. It's cloudy. It's hot. It's there's no sun. Uh, it's typical Arizona, you know. See, I it's, always think of Arizona as just being really hot and dry. Not like so, being somebody head to America, yeah. You know when they say, "Oh, the sun sucks," <laughs> like, kind of like that. That's how you picture Arizona. It's exactly. kind of like that during the summer. Like how? Like what's the temperature out there right now? Oh man, I can't even imagine. You can't even I'm imagine gonna, what the temperature is outside. It's sixty-seven. So why would you say you couldn't imagine? You could just go outside. Because it's depressing. Oh, because it's depressing. It doesn't feel like 67. You sound sick, man. Do you still have a cold? Uh, I'm actually getting better, but yeah. You sound better than you did the last time for sure, but you still sound pretty rough. I'm here to tell you. Hey, so so pre-show we were talking, you know, a little bit NBA trade rumors, but just in the spirit of the the guy who was, what is it, hate-tweeting us, uh, you know, over over wasting 15 minutes of the last show. Let's spend some time uh, and try to waste more than just 15 minutes. Let's let's go 16 to 20 minutes. Let's talk about the Schwan man. So you're saying you you are are now interested because you got a coupon in purchasing something from the Schwan guy. And I, I purchased something from Schwan's like 20 years ago. I, I frankly I didn't even know it was still around. Oh yeah, and they have it on their site. You know, I I didn't know about it until I uh, I saw it on Facebook. It's like fifty. It's fifty percent off. The code is fifty f i f t y off. Uh, you know, original, makes sense. Very I guess. Original. Yeah, and I mean, it's fifty percent off of everything. You know, I just ordered something simple because I've never. You know, I've always thought it was cool. Like, oh, look, it's a Schwann's guy. Like in my neighborhood, if you see the Schwann's guy. Stop at whoever's house. That house has bank. Everybody is looking at you, right. judging you. 
you know, even if I live when I live in the hood, you start scouting Doug- that Doug- house for like what kind of TV do they have and do they have exactly. iron bars on their windows and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, like uh, apparently they have to have a satellite and not cable, right? So, um, yeah, you know, I'm pretty excited. I just got some yogurt, some of that strawberry yogurt, and uh, some of those uh, strawberry fruit pops. Uh, you know the, yeah, because I mean, I was gonna buy ice cream. I heard the ice cream's good from there, but then also at on at fries because we don't have a fries here, but you know Walmart price matches, and that's how they monopolize this place here. Uh, fries has um, the dryer's ice cream for one eighty eight. Mm-hmm. six is the limit so of course i'm gonna buy the six <laughs> so there's no point in buying ice cream from the schwann's guy if i'm going to buy six dryers ice cream uh buckets and oh, so i totally understand that because you're a guy that's all about value i can just tell that about you and so talk to me about dollar tree and the ribeye steak these are all <laughs> these are all like future friends of the pod like these are going to be sponsors one day i promise you schwann's <laughs> and dollar dollar tree or dollar general Dollar Tree, where dollar everything's tree. A legit a dollar. You know, sometimes dollar. even even yeah, because I mean, you go to, you go to dollar uh, all those other dollar places, and they're like you know a dollar fifty, you know a dollar seventy. Some things are even like thirty dollars. So no, um, yeah, they they have ribeye steak. You're just trying to make an enemy out of this guy, right? You just want to create a feud, lead it up to WrestleMania, and then that's the that's the the whole uh, build up to that, right? There's, there's that's no where we're going with this. There's no doubt about it. If if you wanted to listen to a show about purely basketball, you could go listen to one of those other crappy uh, podcasts that we've been listening to lately, just scouting out the competition. Nobody got it like the Spurs cast got it, right? <laughs> Yeah, That's those four virgins that we're hearing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We love everybody. You know, we want those guys on our show, of course, of whoever course. they are, of whoever course. we're talking about. Well, let's talk a little bit of uh, NBA news to start out the show. And then uh, this show is very stat heavy. I, I want to throw some stats at you. We're a little bit further along than halfway, which is very surprising to me because the, the All-Star game, I always just think of that happening exactly at the midpoint of the season. So 41 games in, All-Star break. And this time, man, there are going to be like 50 games plus in, in some cases. Um, pretty nuts. Like the Rockets are already there. It's, it's crazy. So uh, all-star game to me just seems like it's happening late this year. So we'll talk some stats. We'll do if playoffs started today and that kind of thing. But like I said. I yeah. want to congratulate you on that because you're usually very nervous about bringing up stats unless we have Paul on the show. So this, this is a new you, right? I mean, somebody calls you out on Twitter and now it's just like, you know, screw it. You're, you're just going to be yourself now. This is you. It's no more gimmicks. This is Ryan we're hearing right now. It's data science, bro. Data science. It's a new fad. It's the new me. Um, and maybe the old me, too. But uh, let's talk about the Knicks. Um, and I can't believe that we keep talking about the freaking Knicks. The, the franchise that hasn't been relevant, maybe ever, legitimately, maybe ever, just because they play in New York, they're, they're irrelevant, but not because of basketball. But they still want Kevin Love. Uh, the Cavaliers, remember, shot down that trade in about a minute uh, when when they wanted Mello to trade up Mello for Kevin Love straight up. Um, but the Cavs are saying that they are indeed interested in Carmelo Anthony. He, I think he played really, really well there. Uh, if he could get along and, and share the ball with his buddy LeBron, uh, which I think that he can. The, the 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 crux of this is that the Cavs don't want to get rid of Kevin Love, which I also get. So. It, it, you know, you could envision them doing something funny like, you know, getting Shumper back to New York. And, you know, the Cavs just don't have a lot of, of other attractive pieces. But I want to ask you a couple of things about this trade. Should that work? 
And they only deal with two teams because there is still that aspect that they can get a third team involved, which is probably more likely than not. But if they were to get those two, those uh, just a two-team straight-up trade, what kind of mix – and we're not even playing numbers. We're not going to get into the NBA trade machine, anything like that. But if you were to move Shumpert and friends, because he's the most attractive you know, asset that they have to, to deal, uh, Shumpert and friends back to New York, and you brought Carmelo in there, Whose minutes is Carmelo taking um, to, to get it? He's, he can't be a starter in, in that scenario if you've got Kyrie, Love, LeBron. You, you can't have, have Carmelo in that starting lineup. So is he going to be okay coming off the bench? And it's kind of a random random question because it's uh, likely to never happen. But, you know, I thought I'd throw it to you anyway on this very dull and dreary Thursday. I think it is possible. Um, well, let's go back to really before I get to my solution on this or I, what I would do if I was the Cavs. Uh, remember, go back and, and remember uh, LeBron basically was – I don't want to say the word whining, but I think he was whining because, again, he, he's saying you know management doesn't spend enough on these guys when, when they're overpaying really mediocre guys. So it's like I say, remember LeBron was saying uh, – you know, you, you got to give Tristan Thompson a contract. He's got to come back. We won the championship. Yada, yada, yada. You know, spend money, uh, Dan Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he spends the money, and then now he's saying, Dan Gilbert, spend more money. That's going to get back to my point. Uh, this the, I, It was either this week or last week. Tristan Thompson calls out LeBron and saying, you know, we're, we're basically here. We're, you know, doing our job. You know, l- let's just play. Uh, and then he sort of dissed LeBron where he's saying, LeBron's not my age, and I could talk, you know, however I want. When in reality, LeBron helped him get that contract. Right. So when you were talking about Shumpert and friends, He's so empowered by that Khloe Kardashian. <laughs> well, you're talking about Shumpert and friends. It could be Tristan Thompson and Iman. That's that's how you say his name, right? Iman Shumpert. Iman. Iman. Yeah, uh, Iman Shumpert. But just go with it, it would basically both of them. It, it would be ba- Iman Shumpert. <laughs> it would just basically be both of them, right? Uh, can Melo be in that starting lineup because Thompson starts, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, he oh, yeah. was starting at the center. I mean, you basically move everybody one up. Uh, you tell LeBron, you know, again, it, it, it's entirely possible if you trade Shumpert, you bring Melo in. Now you have a spot in that starting lineup. Melo has played the four. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, you know, very uh, appealing for Melo to be the four for defensive purposes. No doubt. That's why I think, that's why I think Dan Gilbert and Tyron Lue have to get together and say, okay, we have to convince LeBron to play power forward. That's the best position he could be in at but this you, point of his career. No, and again, you lose that, that's your, all your advantage, though. You lose all of the LeBron advantage if you move him to four. Are you kidding? No, not, a, not at all. I mean, he's he's fast, but is he is he that is he that much faster than if you have a good defensive scheme and your four is just waiting for LeBron in the paint? If if you have LeBron, uh, on, you know, going against another big, he loses that advantage of being this massive small forward. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Okay, uh, you're bringing who, who, who? Bring a specific team into this. San Antonio. Somebody. Okay, San Antonio. <laughs> Why not? You're going to start have... there. <laughs> oh, see, I, I hope you weren't going to start there because it's going to sound like I'm hating on the Spurs. And you know, we get all these people that think that you know just because we're critical at some point. But okay, you're going to have let, let's say Pau Gasol and Lamarcus Aldridge are starting. You're going to have Lamarcus Aldridge up top against LeBron in a pick and roll. Are you kidding? That's I, pick and roll with LeBron and, and Carmelo. Pick and roll with LeBron and Kyrie. That the Spurs would get annihilated, especially if we're gonna have Paul Gasol in the paint waiting. If they're gonna have the Warriors, you're talking about Draymond Green guarding LeBron. 
and Kevin Durant guarding Carmelo Anthony. I love the Cavs' chances on offense there. Defensively, y- you could have you could actually put uh, Melo on the worst offensive player from one to four on there, and just you know pray that that guy doesn't make any shots, and everybody else would be covered. I love the fact that if you get that, that would be the most versatile lineup that the Cavs could have, especially with Kevin Love at the five. You would have basically everybody having to play at some point at the three-point line. That's going to be a nightmare if they have to have Zaza and Draymond Green up at the three-point line. So, But how are you going to convince LeBron to play power forward? Or do you think he needs any convincing? Uh, I, I don't think he needs I convincing. mean, if it's Carmelo not, not Anthony that's... coming in, he probably needs no convincing, right? <laughs> if it's just some dude, he probably needs a lot of convincing. Yeah, if it's, if it's basically a spot-up shooter, I think it would be. But if it's somebody where um, – you can convince LeBron saying, hey, you're not always going to be the four. It's going to be matchup purposes where you and, and Melo are going to be switched. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and at the same time, you could tell LeBron, listen, if they post you up, we could pressure. Or, or you know, it, again, let's let's talk about it in the defensive way. Uh, defensively, if they were playing San Antonio, you could live with LaMarcus backing up uh, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, I don't know if you want LeBron on, on uh, Kawhi, but then you could put uh, – who would be the starting two at that point? Maybe um, uh, when well, Shumpert would be gone, right? J.R. Smith when uh, no, J.R. Smith or, or Kyle Korver, Korver, I think would be it. Richard Jefferson. You could put them on Kawhi, and then put LeBron on Danny Green because on the other end, Ka- uh, Kawhi would probably be guarding one of the other two guys. Kawhi would have to be playing both sides of the floor without rest, while LeBron's going to be resting at some point. I think this would be the perfect situation if LeBron is. If he doesn't want to play the four, then he really doesn't want to win, in my opinion. you got to put yourself in the best situation. Okay, so the next, Did I convince you? Well, why do you hate the Spurs so much? Because the Schwanz guy isn't coming till Tuesday. <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah, you convinced me, uh, more, more or less. I mean, it, it's, it's one of these straight – I don't think it would ever happen. I don't think it could happen. I think it's going to cost way too much money. Uh, Gilbert's got to, got to hold his ground in that scenario, I think. Um, I, I don't know if it'll actually it, it'll actually come to fruition, but it's an interesting thing to talk about. I mean, and, and when you're doing negotiations, you're not supposed to put all your cards out there, right? Isn't that what we've learned from Donald Trump? Um, yet in this case, the Knicks are letting it known that they want Kevin Love, only Kevin Love, and the Cavs are putting it all out there that hey, they're interested in dealing members of their team, but not Love, and they want Mello, but they can't have Love for Mello. It just seems like they're sort of putting all that stuff out there. Um, maybe maybe hoping that there's a third team that can come into into the middle of it. Maybe it's the Clippers. I know that that's been rumored, and we even talked about that a little bit. But um. I, I don't think so. You, you know what I think they might be doing? I I mean, Kevin Love and, and Porzingis together, I don't think that would work. Even if you have either one at the five, I think it would be disastrous. I think they might be – I think they're offering maybe one guy or maybe two guys, me, mediocre guys. It, if, if it – if I think what they're trying to do is leverage themselves into saying, you know, okay, we'll give you, uh, like, like I said, a Shumpert and uh, Tristan Thompson like because Channing Tristan Fry Thompson, or something, you know. Uh, well, I don't think even the Cavs want Channing Fry at this point. Uh, Channing Fry is way overrated. I think he's he's basically a taller. I, I, let me put it this way: I would rather want Matt Bonner than Channing Fry, even at this point when where one is retired. I just think that they <laughs> they're saying Kevin Love. You'd rather have a guy like, who's not playing than a guy that's playing. Yeah, because and I agree with you, of course. Yeah, let's leave it at that, just because that makes no sense. Next subject: uh, Boston. They've leapt ahead of Toronto in the East. Now they're only two and a half back of the Cavs. They're thirty-one and eighteen on the year. 
Uh, they're doing all of this behind ridiculously good play from Isaiah Thomas. What about your Boston Celtics? Oh, they're, of course they're not my Boston Celtics. They're Warren Shaw's uh, friend of the show's uh, Boston Celtics. I'm actually pleasantly surprised. You know, they sh- Isaiah Thomas should absolutely be in the MVP discussion. I would take him over Russ and Harden at this point because he's overcoming – I mean, he he has he has more to overcome than uh, Russell Westbrook at this point. Uh, not only uh, because of his team. I mean, he has sort of a better team in a sense because Russ is really having to take over. You know, everything. They're all pretty solid. The Thunder, but I mean, he's five. What is he? Five seven, five eight, playing at that position. Yeah. Uh, with ridiculous. those stats, that's inc- that's ridiculous. He well, he should absolutely be in the MVP discussion. And the stat. Oh, MVP. The, the stat. That no, no, no. You know what? Give three guys the MVPs. Give, Break the trophy in three pieces MVPs. and give it. Exactly. The uh, the staff is most impressive to me, and why I agree with you that he should be in the MVP running. I don't think he's the winner. I think hard, for me, it's been Harden before the season even started. He was going to be the. MVP. Where are you from again? Uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, and, <laughs> what, what team did you uh, recently? Uh, you, you like the Rockets, right? <laughs> oh, of course, of course. But it, it's it's beyond that. I mean, Harden's ridiculously good. Um, but let, let's finish out this Isaiah Thomas thing. He, he's it, you know very short. I was going to say demonstrably short, but those are, you know, uh, opposites of, of what I'm trying to get to. He's um, he's number one in the league in fourth quarter scoring. You know, last night they played uh, Toronto. He scored 44 points overall, 19 of those in the fourth quarter. So he's closing out games. He's wi- he's taking over games late. He's winning games on behalf of his on behalf of his team. He's bringing the rest of them up. I mean, that's sort of the stereotypical MVP. It's not the guy who's just scoring a bunch of points. The, the thing that differentiates him from Russell Westbrook, in my mind, is that you know Russ has better stats overall um, for sure. I mean, number one in, in the league uh, in scoring, just doing doing great stuff over there. But his team is not better. He's not lifting them up. They're still losing. They're not. You know, they're, they're just really not going anywhere. And then you look over there in, in Boston, and you see Isaiah Thomas playing the same position, um, and not as athletic, certainly not as explosive, but he's scoring a ridiculous amount of points at the right time and bringing his team along. When I see things like that, and kind of what Kawhi is doing here in San Antonio, um, I look at those guys and say, okay, they're the most valuable player. Of course, if you took Russell Westbrook off of Oklahoma, it'd be even worse of a dumpster fire than it is today. But you could say that about any of the other candidates. If you took Kawhi out of San Antonio, um, they're probably the best positioned to still be okay. And they would still be a playoff team because they have LaMarcus Aldridge on their team. If you look at um, Houston, if they lost James Harden, it's over. I mean, well, I say it's over. They just wouldn't have that number one score. They, they probably would be like a, a 9, 8, 9, or 10 at the end of the year. They'd be somewhere in there. Maybe they'd compete for for that 8 spot without James Harden, maybe, because Patrick Beverly's a pretty capable player himself. But he's just they just don't have that score. Um, and if you look at Boston, though, Boston would be wrecked without Isaiah Thomas right now. So when I look at those, you know, at, at that type of a scenario, I, I think Isaiah Thomas is, I mean, he's right there in the MVP running. Yeah. Yeah, everything. We <laughs> yeah. basically agreed Thanks. on it. Yeah. First I, time ever. Thanks for your support. Said, Are you listening to the show? What I said in ten seconds, you took like five minutes to say, bro. Uh, that's me. I'm, I'm Isaiah uh, Thomas. Absolutely. I'm political. Absolutely. I'm political. Lovely guy. Well, I, I, you know, I still think the Phoenix Suns are kicking themselves for trading them. Oh, in Sacramento. Never forget. In Sacramento. Hashtag never. Yeah. Um, 
Spurs news, Joel Anthony today got signed for his second 10-day contract. So that's it. So you get two 10-day contracts, and then you either have to sign for the rest of the year or you have to be released. So what do you think? I mean, Joel Anthony is, um, I mean, he's there for practice, right? He's not getting minutes. Uh, box score says that. <laughs> um, he's not He's not playing. He's not really participating, but he's here for a second 10-day. We talked about this when Powell went out and they brought Joel Anthony in, that he would do a couple of 10-day contracts, but Powell is still going to be out whenever Joel Anthony is um, – uh, you know, his second 10 days is up. So that being said, knowing that there's still going to be a gap, do you think that um, Joel Anthony stays with the team for the rest of the year or they release him at the end of his, of his 10 day and maybe go get somebody else for enough, for a 10 day contract to help bridge that gap until Powell gets back? Oh, I think, uh, well, well, the first 10, 10 day contract is kind of like, I'm, I'm interested in you. The second one's kind of like I like you, yeah. But then the third one, you know, that that's the serious one. That's like putting a ring, uh, 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 a, a ring on the finger, right? Uh, yeah, because there I is don't no think third they ten day, right? I mean, it's it's you're on the team for the rest of the season. You have to have a contract at the end of your uh, second one. Just just because of the minutes that he's not getting, I I just can't see that. Why are you going to clog up that last spot with someone that can't even get minutes when the team needs a big man, you know? So uh, I think it might be. I think this is the last that we might be seeing of him. I could be wrong. Uh, I, again, I would like them to go now that they have sort of the the cushion of maybe bringing somebody from Austin in. Uh, I, I think the Joel Anthony uh, signing was more of a hey, just in case we really need a big man. But they haven't been in that position, so maybe bringing somebody like a Corey Jefferson, he, John Diaz, probably you know popped for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm you know I'm I, I want to see one of those young guys too. Uh, I'd rather those young guys get you know maybe one or two minutes in a legitimate Spurs game, even if it's trash. Uh, garbage minutes, you know, just so they could get used to that feel. Uh, maybe they get some confidence like Dejounte Murray, who, in my opinion, should be getting more minutes. Uh, again, you know how we discussed uh, the point guard position. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that was lacking. I've said I said it on Twitter. I don't think it was Jonathan Simmons missing time. I think Dejounte Murray needs to get minutes. I think the Spurs need to invest in once uh, Joel Anthony's second day ten uh, day contract uh, runs out. They need to invest in the young guys. Uh, because this team, again, in in those positions, like the point guard position and the big man position, they're really old. And everywhere else, they're, they're kind of young. That's what balances the age out. So I think they need to invest in it. I think this is Anthony's last uh, 10 day. Maybe he gets some minutes so uh, Pop can showcase him and sort of, you know, uh, put your name out there in case somebody else needs you. But I don't think the Spurs will. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that they, they got Joel Anthony for the reason that you said. It, it's a capable big guy. He's not going to crap the bed. Uh, and he and he could be a good practice player, and uh, but he's not diverse. He's not exciting. It's, he doesn't really contribute anything meaningfully. I mean, he doesn't contribute anything during the games. Um, I'm with you. I think that a guy like Jefferson coming out of Austin, uh, just having the experience, even if he doesn't play, just be there. Just be around those guys. We used to say just kind of be around Tim Duncan, uh, and you'll just get better through osmosis. There's, it, there is something to that. I mean, if you could bring Jefferson, whose style of play – is more like Jonathan Simmons than any of the Spurs big guys. Uh, way more athletic than LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, he could run circles around Pau Gasol uh, just because they, they have different styles of play. Um, it could be really interesting to see if he could do something or be an interesting to build him up. And, then and you know, I, I hate to say possibly trade him, but, I mean, that, that's how you get assets to trade down the line. That's how you get players to put in this package deals because you get them NBA minutes, GMs start noticing, 
uh, and they become you know exciting assets to move down the road. So you know they don't the Spurs don't have any of those options if they don't move one of the guys from Austin up. And this is sort of a, a no risk scenario because they're they're doing just fine without Powell. Uh, if they decided to give somebody like Jefferson a, a run and give him some minutes, uh, I don't think Jefferson's he's not going to be so impactful in the game one way or another. He's not going to be a liability. He's not going to just screw things up because his his game is all about athleticism uh, in in one in the big position. So in the the two big positions actually. So uh, he's not going to mess anything up. So you should give him a shot. So I think Joel Anthony after this one uh, this ten day is uh, is on his way out of here. And, uh, and on to other things, right? Maybe he's maybe he can sign with another team that just needs some some depth uh, in one of the big positions. I mean, maybe somebody like Cleveland, if they start moving some of their bigs, as you mentioned in that last trade scenario, you know, they, they just need to shift everybody up, but they have to replenish that bench. So um, that's a guy who played with LeBron before, so maybe he's comfortable there. Uh, can you imagine that? LeBron whining this whole time, I need playmakers, and, and you know, they get Melo, but then uh, Joel Anthony, in fact. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, exactly. Um and, and you know, and the, the other thing, uh, just to jump back to that, I mean, you said playmakers, but is Car- Carmelo Anthony is the opposite of a playmaker, right? I mean, he's he's a scorer, but he doesn't make any plays except for himself because you're passing the ball about chest high, and the next thing you know, he's thrown in the basket. There's no passing with Carmelo Anthony. There's no playmaking. Um, I think he can. I, I you know, the the thing that I th- that I see. I mean, we've seen him sort of make plays in the Olympic on the Olympic team. I mean, there you have superstars, and I think that's well, what he I sort mean, of needs. That's intramural, dude. That's intramural. Well, yeah, but you know, he's not the first option there. Uh, he wouldn't be the first option in in Cleveland. I don't even think he'd be the second option in Cleveland. He would be the third or fourth option depending on the situation. Oh, yeah, if, if Kevin Love, yeah, if Kevin Love stays, especially if Kevin Love stays, because he'd be stretching out the floor. I think it would be easier for him to be a playmaker in that situation. Um, I, I'm trying to think of somebody. You know, LeBron. Ginobili. I mean, Ginobili makes plays. He makes plays happen. You know, if you could see a little bit of light in the ball and fit through there, he's going to pass it. He's going to make that play. Melo sort of needs the obvious play. You know, like if he's going to get double teamed, okay, this guy's going to be here. He can do this. I'll just pass it over there. Uh, and the pressure's not on him. I think I think he would be perfect for Cleveland. And again, his his ego wouldn't be the problem there because, again, you have three guys who are veterans on that team who, who just tell him, you know, you need to get in line. And I think he sort of needs that at this point. A couple of interesting things. Um, I know we got to get off the Cleveland topic, but did you know Kevin Love's uncle is Mike Love, one of the Beach Boys? I, uh, is that the guy with the beard? It's not. It's it, not the older one, right? The lead singer. I, I never really heard the Beach Boys. Uh, I used you don't to enjoy have any them, beaches, but, so you don't care. I used to enjoy them on Full House when they would uh, come out in the episodes. But other than that, uh, what was that song they had? Full um, House. Oh my god. They have uh, a lot of songs. That song that they had, the, the da, na, 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 hum, down a Kokomo, that one. Down I like Kokomo, that. One. Yeah, he's the guy yeah. with the beard. He was the guy with the beard. And oh, Kevin, okay, just he looks yeah. just like Kevin Love. I, I thought that was very strange. The other thing, and I was thinking about when you're talking about grouping those four together, um, the, the person who I think it, it pisses off is Kevin Love, and he just signed that five year deal. He's getting paid like 114 million dollars or something. Five year deal. Um, you bring him on. There's going to be some infighting for who's going to be who's going to get that third, you know, that third priority. I think, and I think Kevin Love is the guy who gets pissed off in that scenario because you're talking about taking shots away from Kevin Love. Kyrie's going to get his. Of course, LeBron's going to get whatever he wants. You know, any shot he wants is his. Any possession is his. Kevin Love's the guy who's going to be going to have to give up offensive touches to Carmelo. 
I don't think that'll be a problem this season. I think, it, it, especially if they win, I think it'll be brought up in the off season. And again, you know, with Kevin Love's contract, he's easily tradable now. Uh, and I think he he would fit in, uh, you know, if they wanted to trade him to the Clippers, mm-hmm. I think that would fit. I mean, if you if LeBron really wants CP3, along just with trade them, him to Golden State, everybody else is going there. Just trade him to Golden State <laughs> for Zaza, right? Yeah, trade him for Zaza, uh, straight up. And you know, maybe if LeBron really wants Chris Paul there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe a sign and trade. Chris Paul's going to be a free agent, right? Sign and trade. Send Kyrie over there. As much as I might get heat for that, but again, if LeBron wants his friend there. Talent be damned, I think he might get him. Uh, I think it makes you know everybody else sort of expendable, especially Love. Uh, so I, I think it all it all works out at the end. Personally. Well, um, switching off of those guys, and let's let's talk a little with Spurs. Uh, they are playing the 76ers tonight at uh, at seven thirty. Um, Spurs are, are thirty seven and eleven. 76ers are eighteen and thirty. Um, although they've, I think they've won as many games already as they did all of last year. They're looking pretty good. I, I think that Joel Embiid is sitting out this game, but so is Lamarcus Aldridge um, for San Antonio. He's got a, a bit of a knee injury. He's just sitting out. Nothing to nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. The Spurs are saying, but Lamarcus Aldridge is going to get a sit. My question for you is not who's going to win this game, but how by what margin is San Antonio going to beat Philadelphia tonight? Is this the game that I said it was going to be a trap game? I think this was. This is the one you uh, said it was a trap game. Uh, incorrectly said it was a trap game yeah no I, I i think the spurs might play down to their level this is a game where if i'm pop again i'm concerned about the situation because it, it, there's even been lots of spurs fans on twitter on facebook uh i don't know how i you know how i know all these people you know personally but uh they're all complaining you know so they're sort of saying you know the spurs have struggled with tony parker back the, he slowed down the game uh, Jonathan Simmons, you know, he came back. He really didn't help that much. This is a game where I would sit either Ginobili. Uh, I wouldn't play Ginobili or Parker. Uh, give Dejounte Murray those minutes to whoever he's sitting. And if that's really the root of the problem, where you need Murray and his quickness and how he speeds up the game, but he's also smart and aggressive, then you have to make decisions. Uh, because again, Tony Parker is only going to get older once the season, you know, keeps going on. Uh, Ginobili is going to be a little bit older, also. Uh, Patty's not going to have that same influence, uh, uh, you know, uh, that that uh, that that he tries to do. I think Patty's trying too hard. I think he's trying to be a point guard. That last that that last game, I, you saw horrible passes that I don't even think I would make against you know little fifth graders while he's I'm dominating him. He's auditioning. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that's actually driving his stock down because they're saying, that, "Wait, this guy is just a shooter. He, right. He's a shooting point, right?" Uh, so he's uh, really I, small I, too. Yeah, I, I think you know if I were Pop, I would just you know sort of sit one of those two older guys down, give Murray those minutes, and then and then if the game changes, uh, you know I think there's decisions to be made, and I you know again. There's Spurs fans that'll say Tony Parker will never get traded, but mm-hmm. at the same time you got to realize it's a business, you know. So uh, I think Pop has to make business and basketball decisions. But uh, I think I think this is a trap game. I think the Spurs lose by like two or three. Well, you know they, they've only lost eleven games all, all year long, right? So I mean the, the Spurs are again one of the dominant teams. It, it, it's no matter what incarnation of the Spurs over the past twenty years. There's been they're always you know a front runner and always always seem to be a favorite and they're they're again that this year, but they've lost eleven times six times six of those eleven uh, losses have been to teams that don't have winning records and that's what they find themselves in, in again tonight with Philadelphia. And one thing that you mentioned and it's also a quote from Danny Green that's got me a little bit unsettled not particularly about this game because I I'm I don't 
think that they're gonna they're gonna win by two or three. Or you said they're lose by two or three, right? Yeah, I think it's a trap game. I think San Antonio wins by at minimum fifteen points. So, oh my Lanta. At a minimum fifteen points. Yeah. So um after that Oklahoma City game, Danny Green said something about chemistry that kind of got me got me going because for the Spurs, that's supposed to be I mean, they they've got talented players, but they don't have overly athletic players aside from Kawhi. Um, you know, they, they do, they do different things, but it's about, it's about the, the process. Oh, I just said the process. It's about the scheme. Um, and it's about ball movement. It's about chemistry. Well, when you don't have chemistry, the Spurs, the, the, the significance of what they do starts deteriorating, right? So Danny Green, Green said this, that, you know, it, when he's talking about losing to the, some of these teams, he said, it's different, it's different things at different times. I can't put one particular thing. I put my finger on one particular thing in each game, but, um, we're going to ha- hopefully figure it out soon and start getting that chemistry back and get the ball rolling by the all-star break. And my concern there is that, and maybe it's just word choice, right? And he just had to say something. Maybe we shouldn't read into this, but if it's in their head that they don't have chemistry, is that a significant problem for, for San Antonio? Oh, absolutely. And I think he's just pr- trying to, he's trying to say it in a non-dramatic way because again, I mean, these are bloggers, reporters, et cetera. Right. Uh, you know, if he says it in the wrong way, that's the first thing they're going to run on. Uh, the one thing that I would ask Danny, if if I, you know, if I was having a, a chai tea with him with maybe some, uh, you know, maybe some pastries, mm-hmm. I would ask him, you know, when did you have that chemistry? Because, I mean, that, that makes a lot – that would be a question that would really open up what he's trying to say. Did he have – did they have this chemistry – when Tony Parker was out and DeJounte Murray was starting because they were they were really uh, doing really well offen- offensively Why with that starting line. you hate Tony Parker, man? You hate the Spurs uh, and you hate Tony Parker. That's what we've established well, in this podcast. Exactly. And then I was going to bring up this point. Uh, did you have chemistry when you know uh, Kyle Anderson wasn't playing oh or God. when a Bertans was playing? I mean, you got to ask these questions. Or was it you know in the beginning of the season when all the starters were there? Because remember – Let's not beat around the bush. The starters have not really had a groove, right? When no. when the we talked about it last pod, the bench has been saving them repeatedly. Yeah, exactly. So when did they have this groove? Did did Danny Green has Danny Green been playing better with Ginobili, you know, uh, or with uh, Jonathan Simmons, Patty Mills? Because Pops has been throwing out all these rotations again. <clears throat> excuse me. I, I think that I I really think that they enjoyed playing with Murray. Because he he really sped up the game. Right. He was aggressive. Uh, again, I I think everybody sort of had that pressure on their shoulders, sort of lifted because this kid was really aggressive. I I really think it's that. And again, the Spurs are not a, a team that's built around drama. They they don't like it. So these guys aren't going to come out and say, well, you know, this kid needs minutes. The other guys don't. Uh, I think there's something that needs to be done. I think Pop knows about it. Again, yeah, we we talked about this with Paul, but again, there's that respect factor with Tony Parker. If there wasn't a Patty Mills, I think it would be easier for Pop to say, you know, this sort of happened with Antonio Daniels. Right. Uh, you know, uh, now you could be that that leader. Well, but uh, it's, it's the not this quite the same thing, though. I mean, the Antonio Daniels is not as um, historically significant to this team as Tony. Parker. I mean, you're talking about a Finals MVP, a multi-time champion. And what were you really talking about with Antonio Daniels? Just some dude. So some. <laughs> well, I mean, well, uh, there goes there there goes our shot getting him on the pod, well, bro. Well, I don't I want to be. I'm not trying to be offensive, but I mean, he would have to say that too. I mean, if you look at it from a realist, if he's a realist, 
it, is he as important to, I mean, when he, I still don't see his name up there, you know, next to Bruce Bowen's name. And Avery Johnson. <laughs> and Avery Johnson's name. I don't see Antonio Daniels up there. You know, they're, they're, of course Tony Parker's is going to be up there. It's not the same thing. You can't just – you have to do it, you know, strategically. And I, and I get you, if, if Patty wasn't there, um, then then he would have – you could have gotten some more minutes for, for DeJounte Murray. And, and I'll tell you that we're going to kind of jump into a different segment of, you know, if the playoffs started today. But I'm kind of going through and looking at some of these matchups – that we'll allude to. And I think you're exactly right. They've got to start getting DeJounte Murray some minutes um, now, because when I look at, at these matchups and who San Antonio would possibly have to roll through, I'm looking, I'm thinking about the point guards on these other teams. And Tony Parker is going to get absolutely torched on defense. and On off- both sides. Yeah, and as Let, you say, offensively. Yeah, exactly, offensively. So what if he has a game of his life against some of these point guards and he tosses in 15 points? I mean, it's going to be a problem. I mean, let, let's go through some of these matchups real quick, and we'll do the West and the, the East. But if they started today, uh, it'd be Golden State and Portland, right? Which I think would be just a, a, a absolute drubbing by Golden State. That's a four, in my opinion, that's a four game sweep. But then look at the two point guards in, in that matchup: Damian Lillard and, of course, Steph Curry, and whatever you know, whoever would take whom on on offensive defense: Clay Thompson or Steph Curry on Tony. Tony would probably take Clay Thompson. Um, I think, if at all, or <laughs> they just they, they maybe Pop would just be so shy from any of those matchups, and that's when you need a Dejounte Murray. Um, you know what I mean? So either one of those point guards would kill him. Today, San Antonio would be playing Oklahoma City in that first round uh, if the if the playoffs started today. And you, I mean, it wouldn't just be Tony Parker getting beat off the ball defensively. He might die in the game. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's like uh, Russell Westbrook might stomp on his head. <laughs> You're making him. So how old is he? Like thirty? He's like thirty six right now. Thirty four. Uh, he's so, yeah, somewhere. He's mid, I mean, he's in his mid thirties for sure. But I mean, he's. Uh, I mean, so I mean, Russell Westbrook is. I mean, he's ridiculously athletic. And and then As this you know. is another thing that yeah. And and this is another point because I think we get the point that you think he's just going to get destroyed, decimated. Uh, you know, and, and if they play the Rockets, he's going to have to guard James Harden, right? Or uh, Ariza or something, you know, right. they're, they're going to have to put him where he doesn't want to go. And again, this is this is going to this is the hard part about it, because, again, we're discussing, you know, while Tony can't go to the third point guard, can't really put Patty at the third point guard. So, I mean, then the fans come up with, well, trade Patty. That, that's what I've heard, too. Just trade Patty and that makes it easier. But again, Patty's not earning that much to get something significant back. If you really wanted to do a trade to get Murray those starter, the starter minutes. It would have to be Tony Parker because he's at what fifteen million. Mm-hmm. So I mean, at that point, you either get cap space if you just give him away for nothing, or you get somebody else that could probably help you, uh, you know, during that playoff run. And Patty's and then you really valuable. Mills. Yeah, Patty's yeah, really valuable. Yeah, and then you get to keep Mills, maybe re-sign him for whatever Tony was getting. You know, who knows? I mean, you could do those things. But again, th- that's the hard part. You you really can't bump Patty down to the third spot. But then you can't – if you're going to trade, it has to be Tony logically uh, you know, for, for a trade to make sense to get Murray those minutes. So the Spurs are in, an, in a very uncomfortable situation. Well, what if you had Murray if, if they weren't conti- two? Uh, to, to, as what? As a backup two? As a backup two and just had him playing the one or the two just depending on the situation, depending on the matchup. And then you potentially have um, him paired, which this would be a, a very, very small backcourt. But you could have him paired from time to time with – Tony or with Patty? Uh, well, you're talking about the backup two, right? The backup. Uh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, so where I, do you put knows? Ginobili? 
Well, what about Manu? They're all start splitting. They all start sharing minutes. I mean, to slide somebody in, everybody else has to lose, right? They have to lose out minutes. So it's like Manu ta- Manu takes a little, uh, a couple fewer uh, minutes less a game, which wouldn't be a bad thing for him just to save himself for the for the playoffs. Some Danny Green minutes, um, and, and, you know. So everybody sort of slides out, but I mean Murray perhaps is playing the one and the two, and then you don't have to. It, it doesn't have to be a, you know, him or you know this or that type of scenario with with the point guard spot. He can sort of spread out a bit, and that's kind of how the game's going anyway, right? I mean, where they're even if Tony was in playing point guard offensively, there's no way that Popovich has him playing point guard defensively on these guys that, that we're listing out here. Uh, yeah, and I mean, you brought up all these other situations, but then remember, he started against the Cavs. He did really well against the Cavs. We didn't see him all that much in the second in the second half. Mm-hmm. So again, the, the, these are decisions by Pop where, you know, I think he's trying to find, I think he's trying to be more loyal than coaching you know than than coaching logically i i think that's what he mostly like relies on i mean we, we we've seen him you know with his loyal factor right we saw him with sticking with ginobili in the 2000 2013 finals where maybe t-mac would have made a, a little bit more of a difference uh we saw him with duncan you know in that in last year where you know you you'd probably say well you know timmy shouldn't be in this situation but again it's tim duncan uh the, the most the famous uh, example I saved for last, Nick Van Exel. You remember 2016 oh or 2006, I should say. Again, he was horrible, but again, Pop had that respect factor for him. So again, this is a hard situation, and I'm, and I'm not putting down Pop because I know people are going to say, "Oh, you're doing is because of this political stuff." You're, you're putting him down. This is not an easy situation to be in. It's not an easy situation uh, for all three of those guys, especially. Uh, you know, if they weren't contending this year. The Spurs could easily say, you know, DeJounte's going to be our third point guard. We'll just bring him up next year, let Patty go, put Tony in the second spot. But again, if you could win this season, you have to do your best to do it. So uh, I, I this is not an easy situation for Pop. So I could see why he's possibly struggling uh, going with the guys that he usually goes with. Uh, Paul mentioned that he leans on Patty more in the crunch time. But again, if Patty leaves during free agency, what's the point of doing that? So, uh, you know, I, I think Popovich is torn. You know, uh, if I had to guess, I think he wants to keep DeJounte Murray and Patty Mills because it brings two different dimensions that, again, makes him very versatile. But, again, there's Tony Parker, who uh, you remember those comments? He wants to play for five more years. Yeah. So what do you do <laughs> What do you do you about that? You know, do you just tell him no? Do you – you know, when he's a free agent, do you just not pick up the phone, just say you changed your number or just hang up? I mean th- th- these are not easy, easy decisions. The Spurs are in a really tough decision, uh, more tougher than we can imagine. No, that's uh, absolutely it. And, and you look at these other matchups. You go Houston would take on Memphis in that first round. Um, which uh, I think that'd be a pretty interesting series, kind of uh, strength against strength there. And then uh, the Clippers would take on Utah. And uh, you know what? That's for me right now with the way that the Clippers are, are playing and have the ability to sort of self-implode. Uh, I don't think that's exactly a, a, a slam dunk for the Clippers. Look over on the East, it becomes even less interesting right now. you got Cleveland, Charlotte, Boston, Chicago, Toronto, Indiana, uh, Washington, Atlanta. The only one that does anything for me there is Toronto, Indiana in that first round matchup. Any any of these exciting to you at this point? 
No, not really. Yeah, well, I, we really. all we all know. I mean, we we all know the state of the East, where Cleveland kind of knows that they're going to win it. Right. They're just they, LeBron is just whining about making his team better so they could beat whatever team comes out of the West. That's the that's the predicament the East is in, where the Cavs already know they're get, just going to bulldoze over everybody. They're just focusing on the finals right now. Yeah. Well, let's let's run through uh, a couple of stats and then close this thing out for a uh, for a Thursday afternoon. You know, you look at the. Highest percentage of points uh, via the three-point shot. Who would you think is getting the most uh, or the highest percentage of their offense off of three-pointers? Uh, from who? From the whole league? From the whole league. Oh, my God. Really? Uh, it's going to be some name from three-pointers. No, not the person, the team. Oh, the team. Uh, I, I think the it can't be the Warriors. It's, is it the Warriors? It's not. The, they're not even in the top three. It's the Houston Rockets. They're getting thirty-eight percent of their offense is coming three-point range. So that's just about forty percent. Can you imagine forty percent of your offense is coming from a three? And that's a very, that's a very. I mean, that's D'Antoni style. Yeah. But again, in the playoffs, if you're going to just be depending on those shots, uh, it might be difficult for them, even in the first round. Yeah, I mean that's that's ridiculously high. But then you look at somebody who's had playoff success like the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they're in second place at 35% of their offense is coming from three-point land. Tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, thanks for your support. Uh, and then you got Boston. <laughs> and so Boston at 33 and a half. Uh, it, but if you look at the this is the this is the little section here that I wrote out a couple of questions and wanted to ask you. If You, you know, we just talked about the highest percentage of points via the three-point shot. Let's talk about the highest percentage of points via the mid-range shot. So... If I look at that from three to one, uh, Detroit, the Pistons are getting twenty percent of their offense from the mid-range shot. Then in, in second place is the Knicks with twenty point three percent of their of their offense coming from uh, mid-range. Leading the pack, are San Antonio the, are the Spurs. Yeah, at twenty point four percent of their offense is coming from mid-range. So if I look at that, um, how can the Spurs be having so much success? And then the other teams that, that are having a high percentage of their offense coming from mid-range, those teams suck. How, how is Why is there such a disparity there? How can you have virtually the same amount of your offense coming from these different uh, from that one sector, uh, but one team is doing well and is a very you know the second highest uh, offensive rating in the league, and the other t- two teams are horrible. Uh, you usually well, don't what? see that. You usually don't see that because if you look at the three-point shot. The three teams that I, I just mentioned are playoff teams and maybe in the finals, Houston, Cleveland, Boston. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, if we were talking about this stat 20 years ago, uh, all the NBA coaches would be saying this is such – this team is so – it would be an idiotic thing to focus on. Because, again, I mean, when you were growing up, what would they tell you about the mid-range? You, coaches would not want you to be shooting mid-range shots. It's either going – if it's going to be a long shot, you might as well shoot a three or be close to the rim. You know, long twos, that's basically, again, uh, you know, it's one of those shots everybody used to hate back then. But I, I think the Spurs, you know, they, they relish in that because they have big men who could put the ball on the floor and also post up and also make that shot. Mm-hmm. So it opens up the you floor. It gets Powell and LaMarcus. Yeah, it, it gets the teams to second guess it, you know. And if you can make those shots, again, it's not it's not the most favorable shot, you know, to be that close to the three and not just shoot a three. But I mean, if you're making it, 
again, it'll it'll just make the defense, uh, you know, just uh, open up and you know easier easier layups, or you know it leaves that three open at the same time. Uh, and again, you you you've seen that with the Spurs. You'll have Lamarcus and Powell shoot those mid range shots, and then take a step back shoot that three, make that three. Now the defense just doesn't know what to do. So I, I think it's it's to the Spurs' advantage just because of their versatility. We'll talk about uh, a stat that for the Spurs has meant a lot in previous years and should still mean something to them here. We're talking about secondary assists, right? So double touches. How, how many? T- you're moving the ball twice on, on assists. So this goes back to that 2014 beautiful game, all of, all of that. Um, leading the NBA is the Golden State Warriors have 10.2 secondary assists per game. Boston's got 7.1, and then it's San Antonio at 6.6. So they're like 60% of the way to what Golden State is doing. To me, that's um, – I mean, it's a little bit disheartening. The Spurs are still having great success, but Golden State's playing very Spurs-like basketball – uh, and they're doing it in a in a championship level way, and they're getting a ton of assists out of out of it. They're moving the ball extremely well. Do, do you think that the Spurs being so familiar with that style that they're going to be in a better position to defend that, or is Golden State just unstoppable when it comes to to moving the ball and getting an excellent shot? You know, I, I don't think it's too much. Uh, really, they're they're bomb. I, I don't think it's that they're really great passers. You can't say that Durant is a really great passer. Clay is an, an extremely great passer, sort of like the Spurs were back then, where they would uh, dribble drive, you know, make that extra pass. I don't think it's that. I think it's really the attention they garner and the attention that's not paid attention to Zaza. You know, the, the t- attention they don't give. You know, one pass to Zaza, Zaza's going to find the open guy. Uh, so I, I think it's more more of that. I think the Spurs can counter that, obviously. Uh, with their schemes, you know they're, they're going to pick out somebody uh, to uh, to cover. Or I mean, the, the bad thing is they'll probably, I mean, try to help out Tony Parker and pressure them. You know, so um, I, I think the Spurs are, are going to counter that just because of the pressure. There's not a lot of teams pressuring them right now. I don't know if that's by design. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if they're trying to say, okay, you know, we'll surprise Golden State because we know, you know, what what's their uh, Achilles heel on that. Uh, we don't want to show it in the in the beginning of the season because if they come up with a game plan to counter that, especially with different teams that you know have different lineups, if they find one way to do it, I mean, then how can you beat them? So uh, I, I I don't really know, but I, I think the Spurs are going to find a way to counter that. Uh, I was talking about net rating. Uh, Golden State's leading the way. San Antonio's right behind them. Golden State with twelve point seven. San Antonio with eight point nine. Really, that shouldn't mean as much to anybody really, except that these are. These are both the solid teams in, uh, in the NBA. We figured that they would be there. Offensively, Golden State's got a higher offensive rating, uh, 113.8. San Antonio's at 110. Defensively, they're at 101. San Antonio's at 102. So, you know, straight through, despite all the secondary touches and assists, I wanted to highlight that stat to say these two teams are playing virtually identical basketball. Strong. I mean, they're the strongest in the league offensively. They're the strongest in the league defensively so it's really going to be this uh you know like two rams hitting or something you know it's going to be this was it unstoppable force and immovable object kind of thing so i'm really looking forward to seeing if we could get a showdown like that in, in the playoffs uh and they don't play again against each other for another month or so which is really disappointing that uh that the league spaced out that way first game of the year and then they didn't play they don't play again for you know it was like four months in between those two things so um, and and that might not be in the best benefit for the uh, for the Spurs in that because see again there you, you know, go hating the Spurs again 
because again, they're gonna they're gonna be a little bit worn out. You know, I, I would have been encouraged if if they would have played against a fresher Tony Parker, maybe uh, two games uh, at the be- at the start of the season or so forth. But uh, you're you're gonna get a banged up Tony Parker, and I mean, and, and again, it, it might work against the Spurs in that sense. But if that sort of triggers Pop into thinking, I can't play this guy against this team. And and again, we saw that with Tim Duncan. Remember, Tim Duncan didn't start one of the games against the Warriors. Was it uh, two years ago or last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it, th- that might happen. Yeah, it had a bit too uh, – when, whenever. But, I mean, he sat Duncan uh, w- when they came up with that scheme to pressure. So uh, maybe maybe it's to the Spurs' advantage where, you know, maybe it forces Pop's hand to, you know, to adjust – based on basketball and not on feeling. So uh, anything can happen. Well, can now, that's the great it, thing about basketball. I can also see it being the game that he sits everybody, right? And you see DeJounte Murray just because he's sitting everybody, right? We, and I we mean, know he's prone to do that. I mean, okay, let's say he does that. And Murray, now I'm not going to say he shuts down Curry, but, I mean, he does a better job than anybody else would do. Uh, he, he slices through that Warriors defense. They can't guard five guys you know so, so you know they could play off tony parker but can they play off Dejounte murray or you know play up on him and, and he drives i mean what's going to happen with that i think something's got to give with that game something's gonna you know stir the melting pot as a great michael scott would say <laughs> well a little office reference uh okay anything else to add for uh, the show well uh, i was going through my facebook stuff and uh the Mavericks would trade Duran, Dar- uh, Dar- Darren Williams to the Caval to the Cavaliers. So for I mean, I man Shumpert. I mean, that's what it is for the Cavs. I mean, they get their picks from uh, Darren Williams, Mario Chalmers, Kirk Heinrich. I'm sure that's what LeBron expected, right? Yeah, right. A bunch of, a bunch I, of I think they're trolling him. I think that I think that's what they're doing. You're like, oh, you want somebody? Yeah, pick it. Pick uh, out of the, all these three guys. So. Hey, yeah. you brought this guy up a little earlier, but Van Axel, do we think he might go big three? Wouldn't that be awesome as a coach? Oh, I thought you were saying I, – I, I, when you said what about him, I was thinking like, do you really think LeBron would want him on the team? Yeah, would LeBron want Van Axel? How about Tim Hardaway? LeBron could get Tim Hardaway to play over there? No, I'm talking about the big three. Summer league. You know who I'd want? I don't know about Nick, but I, I would really like – uh, Michael Finley. Michael Finley. Did, did you see him as last year in the NBA? That guy was cut. So I, I would like to see if he can still give us a few dunks. It's like looking into a mirror. <laughs> it's like- uh, of, actually, literally, because I would grow my soul pla- so my soul patch out for Michael Finley when he did it with the Spurs. <laughs> okay. So he was a big influence on me, just because I could. I, I get your soul you know, patch, I, learn how to play the bass. <laughs> you know, the true story, I was horrible at shooting, okay? I, I could not I, make a I shot. It. I totally I, believe it. I would shoot, you know, regularly. I would be like, have you ever seen the newbie shoot where they just, like, throw it up? They don't even follow up their shot? Right. It, it's sort of like a hot potato. That's how I used to shoot. I, I tried the sort of Mike Bibby shot with the two hands or WNBA shot, you know, how, how they shoot. Uh, I, I I sucked at that until one day uh, when Finley signed, I was all like, Let, let's see what this guy showed. And I would go through, I saw those uh, mixes and all that. And now I'm a really good three-point shooter, better than I ever was. There, there was one game where I went like 12 for 15 or something like that. I literally wanted to retire so uh, from ever playing basketball because of that. So, I mean, he, he's a joy. We should get him on the show one day. I'm, I'm sure you can pay up whatever he demands. Make it happen, Ryan. Speaking of that, uh, Spurs are – they get 31.8 catch-and-shoot points per game. How about that? Are you, are you saying we should sign Michael Finley? 
Stats, man. Yes, absolutely. Uh, No, no, that's good. That's like best in the league. Uh, Okay, well, that's it for this episode of the Spurs Cast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Spurs Cast. Catch up with Jose at JRG1023. Me, I'm at RyanMC underscore PS. Follow us or any of the Project Spurs folks at ProjectSpurs.com. Get your little eyeballs over to www.projectspurs.com. Great articles that are there. We had a guest from there last uh, last week, Paul Garcia. Uh, lots of new uh, writers, lots of new members of the staff over there doing great stuff. So go over to projectspurs.com today. Jose, thank you so much. And to you listeners, you're welcome. Enjoy the weekend. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc